0: Okay, welcome back. Uh, I hope everyone is all right. And um, working through the catalyst uh, of the collective process and individual reactions and the people near us and making a wise uh, rebalancing or adjustment. Uh, today, uh, this is actually uh, Sutta Napata Talk 33. And so we're moving right along. This is going to go on for a while. We're in the third chapter of the 71 suttas of Sutta Nepata called Mahavaga, Great Maha is Great, like Mahatma, Gandhi. Maha Atma, meaning Great Atman or Great Soul or Great Beingness, Gandhi. This is Mahavaga, Great Chapter. Second is Padana Sutta, uh, titled by Tanasaro and on Ireland as the Great Struggle or Exertion. Um, I'm gonna work with the translation from Tanasaro, even though Ireland's translation is fine. Um, padana means exertion, and I want to first look into that. The write up <coughs> before we do that, the brief write up of certain of this sutta from Tanasaro on the page Sutta Napata, the rundown of all of them. The ten armies of Mara approach the Bodhisattva, meaning the Buddha to be, or Gautama, before he became a Buddha, in an unsuccessful attempt to lure him from his meditation seat. And this is the second, in the second um, chapter, or Sutta, that, um, Presents an experience before Gautama's enlightenment, and we saw this last time with Pabaja or the Going Forth Sutta, working talking with the king, who uh, wondered who this uh, ardent yogi was. Here, uh, Gautama related to the monks a story of uh, being tempted. It's really. Uh, being approached by either, you can say Mara, and some people, you know, the disagreement, the thicket of views begins immediately. Some people will say, uh, Mara is one guy like Satan or Lucifer who came and appeared to him. Possible. Um, Or Mara is symbolic and represents uh, tendencies in mind that uh, would have deterred him from the culmination of of seeking awakening or to to have obstructed him or led him away from the goal of breakthrough into release um either way literal metaphysical or symbolic figurative uh this sutta deals with um n- one-pointedness, one-pointed resolution to seek a goal and the various uh, obstructive states of mind that arise um, in that process. And it's particularly associated with meditation and uh, the word padana, meaning effort or exertion or energetic um uh, involvement, even, uh, is particularly associated with meditation, <clears throat> but uh, it's relevant in other ways. And so, while this sutta focuses on Gautama at an earlier stage of his process before awakening, uh, <clears throat> being approached by either an external metaphysical. Uh, negative entity, or inter and or <clears throat> internal states of mind that are obstructive to the fulfillment of, of uh, his objective. Uh, it not only pertains to him then there doing meditation seeking awakening, but also anyone doing meditation or us also um, seeking to fulfill a righteous desire. Uh, a desire associated with transformation or learning or growing or an intention to fulfill a project that we value and feel is right and important meaning this uh, snapshot of Gautama's experience with Mara or his uh, teaching associated with that experience not only pertains to his experience and our experience or anyone's experience in meditation but also anyone's experience in uh, basically uh, making the mind, keeping the mind as a trusted tool for the one who uses mind. Uh, This notion of self-no-self is sort of a red herring uh, on the tree branch or on the tree. we what i is inconceivable indefinable uh self no self uh works with a mind uh and this is body mind spirit one way to look at it that uh what i is or the agency uh identity agency what is our what is a self what is i well it's more than body mind spirit but we can say <clears throat> that uh, whatever I is or the nature, true nature of identity has agency. Agency means it acts. We act. What I is acts uh, through mind-body. In many ways, um, freedom from mind <laughs> is, is um, a major achievement on the path. It's not the end of the path. And it's not control of mind, but it's actually a freedom from a freedom from mind. Like the ox herding picture, the the bull is no longer wild nor um, harmful. The power of the, the mind field, the the consci- the activity that makes use of consciousness, or consciousness making use of mental the mental. Plane um, is no longer of conflict. Is no longer self-sabotaging. Is no longer distorted. And so, whether it's um, agency, true nature, higher self, beingness, what I is, or no self, um, we have we have an experience of mind, and in that mind is distortion and conflict. And in that mind are all sorts of tendencies and habits and biases, uh, some of which uh, help us uh, achieve what's righteous and some of what some of it leads us astray or into greater confusion and suffering. And so this padana uh, where it's in the second link, wisdom lib definitions padana, down the page, is a long write-up of um, Pali-English Dictionary definitions of the word padana, Uh, as an adjective it means chief or foremost, and uh, as a sort of um, activity, I don't know if you'd call it a verb, but (laughs) its activity is of exertion, effort, and striving. Uh, Exertion, energetic effort, Striving and concentration of mind. And there's a fourfold padana, fourfold exertion needed. And in fact, you know, I mean, I'm not a Buddhist scholar. I'm just doing my best and learning along the way, which I think is good. So it's good to learn along the way and share what we found when we feel it's righteous. I think Gautama is righteous, this teaching, and uh, I think it's a good thing to share our learning uh, along the way. Uh, it was uh, not being a Buddhist scholar, um, I've had lots of um, limited understanding of lots of things. Like everyone, I guess, has limited understanding of many things, no? Uh, and so one of them is the intricacies of the Noble Eightfold Path or the eight rites, eight samas. This padana is actually uh, number six of the eight called right effort. This is right effort. So, Padana Sutta, Gautama before enlightenment, working with Mara, whoever, however, is a teaching on right effort. And so, uh, Samapadana is number six of the Eightfold Path. And so, definitions exertion, energetic effort, striving, and then concentration of mind, because it's particularly related to dhyana or meditation. However, not exclusively. And it's very much associated with moving out of distorted, harmful states of mind uh, through a certain balancing. And <clears throat> uh, the write up goes on here Padana is fourfold. The fourfolds are um, four kinds of exertion or energetic effort or striving, four, four forms of uh, energetic striving. One is uh, restraint of one and I'll just read the right up here. Restraint of one's senses, abandonment of sinful thoughts, practice of meditation, and guarding one's character. And this is the heart of right effort as one of the eight samas. <clears throat> and it it's actually very specific, these four aspects of padana or right effort. From a higher point on the page uh, source uh, Pali Canon Manual of Buddhist Terms and Definitions effort, so it's defined basically as effort four right efforts, sama padana <coughs> forming the sixth stage of the eightfold path uh, sama vayama sama magas path so number six and what are the four <laughs> is, uh, Buddhism is very hardcore Pali Buddhism is, uh, is not sexy actually except for people who like to read dictionaries. Number one, the effort to avoid sama uh, samvara padana. I'll just, I'm not going to read the Pali. It's not necessary. But the effort to avoid, <coughs> which, uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll do it this way. The effort to avoid, then the effort to overcome. So effort to avoid is to not fall into what we know is harmful. The effort to overcome is to get beyond when we are stuck Distorted in unwholesome states of mind. The effort to develop qualities of mind that have not been developed but we know are helpful. And then the effort to maintain, which is to keep going and develop further uh, wholesome states of mind, which means positive qualities. So, explained again. effort to avoid unwholesome akusala states, such as evil thoughts. I mean, you know, again, we have to look into this. And, and honestly, there is a shortcoming, <laughs> where uh, lots of Buddhist scholars are not quite um, um, up to speed in uh, clinical psychology, <laughs> or counseling. And so, if you just talk to somebody, this is where people go, go astray. The religionist, who is... Um, unsympathetic to psychology and personal counseling. Uh, The learnings that he or she could make from that. If you just tell somebody, you should avoid evil thoughts. What's an evil thought? Uh, I hate you? Oh, that's an evil thought. Or I want to have sex with her? That's an evil thought. That's very unhelpful teaching, I think. It just doesn't work today, if it ever worked, actually. Meaning to just broad-stroke label certain mind states or desires or thoughts and feelings as evil. It's good, it's evil. I think that we actually need a a more sophisticated or subtle teaching than that. But, no doubt, the first of the four types of padana is to avoid unwholesome, unhelpful, distorted, loveless, (laughs) selfish, service-to-self types of states of mind. The second is to overcome them when they've arisen. The third is to develop the, the wholesome or helpful before they've developed, or develop uh, to, to develop means actually to uh, acquire or in-build, and it's written here, such as the seven elements of enlightenment, these are the, called seven factors of enlightenment, and I'll get into that, that's the Bojanga, or Mr. Bojangles, I, I just can't see that word without thinking of Mr. Bojangles, I'm sorry. So, um, to develop the seven factors of enlightenment is basic, what I what it looks like to me is a Pali Buddhist um, teaching very much in harmony with Ra's teaching of healing and balance. It's the way of balancing. It's so developing uh, wholesome states or conditions of mind with love wisdom. We don't even have to look at the whole list of states but um, that which is of green blue indigo particularly green blue states of mind conditions qualities of mind that are of love wisdom and it's done only to the extent that we know what green blue or love wisdom is and the extent that we have already brought love wisdom to our distorted mental emotional flow the unwholesome states And so we learn love wisdom by seeking to heal and balance um, states of mind or our triggerings that are distorted and lacking love wisdom. And then the fourth is to maintain those wholesome states or love wisdom, wisdom and compassion. And so the write-up, the monk rouses his will, right, requiring effort, To avoid the arising of evil, unwholesome things not yet arisen. That's one. Then two, to overcome them. Three, to develop wholesome things not yet arisen. And four, to maintain them, not let them disappear, but bring them to growth, to maturity, and full perfection of development. And he makes effort, stirs up his energy, exerts his mind, and strives. And too tight will break the string, so uh, it can't be too tight. But this, certainly, Padana is all about tightening up. Right tightening up. <laughs> right tight. Um, too tight, and you'll be broken, and you'll become bitter and cynical and unpleasant to be with. Um, too loose, and um, <laughs> you, you don't know anything. Uh, too loose, and we fall apart. And um, what's uh, what we've acquired that's goodly and righteous internally or materially, slips through the fingers. People uh, with uh, big gaps between their teeth. (laughs) People, when they close... Hey, Hilarion talked about that. When you close your palm, palm up, close your fingers, put the fingers together. When there are big holes, gaps, at the base of the four fingers coming out of the palm. There's another finger I know, but... When there are gaps between... There are three gaps between the four fingers, the four main fingers other than the thumb that can indicate a person who can't keep it together, can't keep what they've gotten right, rightly or wrongly things slip through their hand and so <clears throat> it's very important not to lose what's been well, what's good, goodly and well developed and so this uh, padana, right effort or effort and exertion is uh, about wise uh, Wise tightening, wise tautness, t a u t, and it's uh, one of the later samas or stages of the eightfold path or aspects. It's not; it could be seen as stages, but they also could be seen as um, elements required for total seven chakra or self or being this transformation, for sure. The eightfold. Uh, but being number six of number eight of eight, um, understanding the eight sequentially, which is one way of understanding it, uh, we see that this is in the third, the third of the foundations, right? Srila samadhi prajna. This is in the prajna group, and very much associated with wisdom uh, and a development of samadhi. Uh, maybe some people would call it samadhi group, maybe I'm wrong, but it's certainly critically related, it's its highest work, or the, the most intensive works of effort and gains from effort uh, come in meditation and so then there's here a description of the four forms of padana uh, and let me read it through this, it's all very deep, and you see this is all very effortful, and um, it's easy to be to loosen uh, and requires effort and strenuous exertion to some degree in tightening, and when we finally get to the sutta, which we'll do either today or next week, because this will be a two-part reading, you'll see how much ex- uh, effort Gautama himself made Um how the nature of his exertion and striving very intense and basically um i will achieve my goal or die here trying i will not surrender and that type of uh resolute one-pointed uh, determination total conviction and resolution fully resolved with no more doubt uh is a wonder wonderful wonderful quality of mind When it's applied to something beneficial, um, success is sort of guaranteed. Uh, When it's misdirected or directed to that which ultimately is going to lead to karmic load uh, or harm to self and other, uh, it's disastrous. And so, let me read these four forms of padana. What now, O monks, is the effort to avoid? perceiving, and you'll see (laughs) that this um, some of it seems too tight uh, for some people Um, and this is why it's an advanced, it's uh, six of the eight um, Eightfold Noble Path or Sama's Uh, it is an advanced quality and um, the original write-up or this presentation uh, I'm not sure what source uh, it is, but uh, somewhere in the Pali canon is this write-up of the four, uh, the elaboration upon the four forms of Padana, and you'll see just how serious um, the Buddhist path is, and Gautama's, or the early Pali presentation of it. Okay, so what now, O monks, is the effort to avoid, meaning the first form of exertion, to avoid what hasn't arisen? Perceiving a form, or a sound, or an odor, or a taste, or a bodily or mental impression, the monk neither adheres to the whole nor to its parts, and he strives to ward off that through which evil and unwholesome things might arise, such as greed and sorrow, if he remained with unguarded senses, and he watches over his senses, restrains his senses, this is called the effort to avoid. What now is the effort to overcome? Right. So avoid, overcome, develop, and maintain. What now is the effort to overcome? The monk does not retain any thought of sensual lust, or any other evil, unwholesome states that may have arisen. He abandons them, dispels them, destroys them, causes them to disappear. This is called the effort to overcome. And what now is the effort to develop? The monk develops the factors of enlightenment. This is the uh, sattabhojanga, or the seven factors. Bent on solitude, on detachment, on extinction, and ending in deliverance. Meaning, this is the way to develop the seven factors. The way to develop the seven factors is bent on, or requires solitude, detachment, extinction, and ending in deliverance, namely, meaning the factors are mindfulness, which is sati, investigation of the law, dhamma vichaya, akin to uh, uh, a more conceptual version of uh, Ramana Maharshi's aham vichara, vichaya, vikara, vichaya, or uh, aham vichara, I believe is is the uh, Pali Sanskrit, of investigation. So investigation of the law, energy, rapture, tranquility, concentration, equanimity. This is called the effort to develop and uh, when we get into the seven factors we'll see where how that's a very much a balancing work. Then what now is the effort to maintain? The monk keeps firmly in his mind a favorable object of concentration such as the mental image of a skeleton a corpse infested by worms. A corpse blue-black in color. A festering corpse. A corpse riddled with holes. A corpse swollen up. This is called the effort to maintain. Hmm. So, uh, this is one of the Dutanga practices or ascetic practices of uh, charnel ground meditation. And um, uh, done improperly, uh, one will really damage mind. Done properly, uh, great detachment and breaking of, of desires and ignorance um, is is doable. Is uh, will happen. So, <laughs> number one, uh, you see how uh, serious um, the monks' uh, prescription, the, the the medicine, the monastic medicine, the biku and bikuni's medicine, is very bitter. Because again, the goal is to make, uh, is to finish the octave from this lifetime. (laughs) To finish evolution in the octave through this 3D space time lifetime. That's a pretty big piece of work. And you can see how people can really get into trouble if they misapply these teachings, like um, how to overcome. And that's really significant, uh, significantly what what we deal with, how to work through distorted, painful, confusing, conflicted thoughts and emotions, right? Negative emotions. They're not really negative, they're just found to be painful or they're in and of themselves um, of greater dukkha or stress or dis-ease and we don't like it. But this uh, misapplied uh, one can really harm oneself and, and really um, hurt the heart chakra or uh, block heart chakra and that's why this type of practice is done, uh, these practices when they get advanced are generally require uh, the Brahma Viharas as well like ten directional metta sending because one can definitely um, become bitter In the work of um, abandoning, dispelling, destroying, and causing to disappear any other evil, unwholesome states that have arisen in my mind or this mind. And so, uh, this could, a person with strong anger disposition can certainly get into big trouble uh, by an imbalanced practice of um, right effort. To uh, get rid of um, what we don't like in our own mind it can be very harmful, actually. And yet, um, we, we do experience all sorts of unwholesome, unhelpful mental-emotional process. Uh, and working with the seven factors of enlightenment, the seven bojanga, uh actually is the Buddhist way of balancing. And so that's shown here as what the form of padana associated with developing what hasn't yet been well developed. Uh, the seven factors can be applied obviously for a non-monastic, meaning us, and how we can apply a teaching on the seven factors to our own process. So let me. Um, <clears throat> I'm I'm kind of uh, doing successive approximations here. Uh, I will. I want to read the sutta itself, and this time I think what I'm going to do is read the sutta, and then make some commentary, and then look into Mingun Sayadaw's write-up of the sutta which is one of the links I sent you there (coughs) called Mara's visit to deter the Bodhisattva by feigning goodwill. Feign is fake. So Mara comes to Gautama here in Padana Sutta, which we'll get to eventually, um, with a kind of faux compassion sensitivity to try to help Gautama out while he was in the ascetic phase. You see this is in deep in the ascetic phase. Of 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 his process uh, before awakening, <clears throat> and so there are multiple stories of Mara coming at Gautama uh, before awakening or release. This is one of them. Uh, Mingun Sayadaw does a long write up of it, which is very interesting. Uh, after that, I will get into the seven factors of awakening or enlightenment. But before that, (laughs) I want to read the sutta itself and do some commentary. And then maybe uh, next week swing back to the sutta. We'll see how the timing goes. Already half an hour down here. So this is the translation from Tanasaro Bhikkhu called Padana Sutta or Exertion. And I just realized that his updated versions, which are available at Dhamma Talks, uh, are not necessarily better than his original version of translation because it seems that part of his thinking is to make it easier for people and um, I don't like too much making easy uh, from original text so there's some difference but um, I think I, I'd like to stay with his original translations uh, where he included the poly in the title which he didn't um, in the updated version it just cuts out the Pali original title meaning it's called exertion not Padana Sutta exertion why? Uh, I think he's trying to open it to a wider audience that he imagines would be off-put by too many Pali terms but that's not what's happening here I, I like it so Padana Sutta, original translation from Tanasaro Bhikkhu and um, it, it, it starts with a sort of um, Gautama. See, Gautama was talking to the monks and telling the story of this encounter where Mara came to him. And so he's setting the stage in the first stanza. To me, a resolute in exertion, near the river Naranjara, making a great effort, doing jhana. Or trances, absorptions to attain rest from the yoke, the yoke of birth and death or reincarnation and dukkha avidya. So, to me, resolute in exertion near the river, Naranjara, making a great effort, doing jhana to attain rest from the yoke. Then, Namuchi is another term for Mara. Namuchi came, speaking words of compassion. Quote, You are ashen, thin. Death is in your presence. Death has one thousand parts of you. Only one part is your life. Live, good sir. Life is better. Alive, you can do acts of merit. Your living the holy life, performing the fire sacrifice, will heap up much merit. What use is exertion to you? Padana. Hard to follow the path of padana hard to do, hard to sustain. Saying these verses, Mara stood in the awakened one's presence, and to that Mara, speaking thus, the blessed one said this, Kinsmen of the heedless, evil one, come here for whatever purpose, I haven't for merit even the least bit of need. Those who have need of merit, those are the ones Mara's fit to address. In me are conviction, austerity, persistence, discernment. Why, when I'm so resolute, do you petition me to live? This wind could burn up, even river currents. Why, when I'm resolute, shouldn't my blood dry away? As my blood dries up, gall and phlegm dry up. As muscles waste away, the mind grows clearer. Mindfulness, discernment, concentration stand more firm. Staying in this way, attaining the ultimate feeling, the mind has no interest in sensual passions. See a being's purity. Sensual passions are your first enemy or your first army. Sensual passions are your first army. Your second is called discontent. Your third is hunger and thirst. Your fourth is called craving. Fifth is called sloth and drowsiness. Sixth is called terror. Your seventh is uncertainty. Hypocrisy and stubbornness, your eighth. Gains, offerings, fame, and status wrongly gained... And whoever would praise self and disparage others, meaning other qualities of mind that are akin to the army of Mara, that, Namuchi, is your army, the Dark One's commando force. Uh, Ireland's translation is strike force. A coward can't defeat it, but one having defeated it gains bliss. Do I carry Munja grass? I spit on my life. Death in battle would be better for me than that I, defeated, survive. Sinking here, they don't appear. Some Brahmins and contemplatives, they don't know the path by which those with good practices go. Seeing the bannered force on all sides, the troops, Mara, along with his mount, I go into battle. May they not budge me from my spot. That army of yours, that the world, with its devas, can't overcome, I will smash with discernment, as an unfired pot with a stone. Making my resolve mastered, mindfulness well established, I will go about, from kingdom to kingdom, training many disciples. They, heedful, resolute, doing my bidding, despite your wishes, will go where, having gone There's no grief. And Mara, (laughs) smashed, replies, For seven years I've dogged the Blessed One's steps, but haven't gained an opening in the one self-awakened and glorious. A crow circled a stone the color of fat, thinking, Maybe I found something tender here. Maybe there's something delicious. But, not getting anything delicious there, the crow went away. Like the crow attacking the rock, I weary myself with Gautama. And as he was overcome with sorrow, Mara, his lute fell from under his arm. Then he, the despondent spirit, right there, disappeared. (laughs) Lovely. Lovely. Very uh, Milton-esque. Sounds like John Milton, Paradise Lost. Sounds to me um, like that. And so, uh, yeah, this is Padana. This is Gautama's Padana, Padana, um, in the austere phase. And uh, (laughs) there's much to look into. Uh, Number one, um, enlightenment understood as rest from the yoke, the yoke around my neck. The yoke of what? The yoke of Desire craving, clinging, attachment, basically craving. This sense of um, something's wrong, something's not enough, something always has to be done. I'm never, never, never resting. (laughs) Rest from the yoke is the yoke that leads to um, restlessness, nas without rest. And it's not just in Kamaloka or Third Density where The mind is so unstable, and we're rarely there's rarely deep equanimity or long equanimity. You know, if there's long equanimity, um, one is quite well. Um, There are not that many people who are deeply, really well. Uh, They're well, we're well when we have some rest from the yoke of um, incessant craving ultimately from all the fetters, but particularly um, deep mind restlessness and some vague sense of insufficiency, inadequacy, uh, distress, um, something that is um, not as we imagine it should be or wish it to be. Something we need to get rid of. Something we need to get. Something we need to hold and keep. Something we need to make sure doesn't come in. Um. And and to just you know the the, the Buddhist approach is not it's there's some very subtle differences between the raw material or a um, Hindu or New Age um, spiritual teaching that the. the somewhat modified Hindu (laughs) I mean, newfangled uh, Advaita Vedanta and new age related, all of which is really love over wisdom based talking about developing certain qualities uh, as if we can hold them permanently, like just follow your bliss. Impossible. Impossible. Because bliss is is a certain state that not only being very impermanent is very subtle And sometimes going the right way is simply not blissful. Uh And doing what's needed or what's critical is not happy matter at all. So there's no bliss in it. So it's a silly teaching. But yeah, if you have something you love, go for it, of course. But that's not bliss. And it's very misunderstood uh, teachings that are that simplistic and shallow. Platitudes. Platitudinous. And so, uh, the Buddhist teaching is really um, very granular, and um, this is how we—it's—it's—it's understood by a deep examination of right effort, to see uh, how careful uh, the Buddhist um, teaching uh, is and recommends us to be, and yet to some degree, this is what we're doing already when we are um, in some kind of emotional distress or personal conflict or confusion. Uh, we're identifying that there's a problem. We're seeking some solution. Uh, we're trying to be free of of harmful or distorted states of mind, so-called negative emotion. And tendencies that are that are harmful to self and other. So there's tendencies, and then there are the thoughts that come. Uh, the Buddhist approach is to, for it's particularly the monk's approach of guarding the senses, watching over the senses, restrain the senses, uh, perceiving a form, a sound, an odor, a taste, a body, a mental impression. The monk neither adheres to the to the whole nor its parts. Okay, that's not going to work very well. Uh, to the extent that we don't want to give up the entirety of of desire, which means uh, a person who's not a monastic seeking freedom from the octave in a single lifetime. Uh, uh, Honestly, we have all sorts of desires. Everybody, I mean, any Buddhist non-monastic who pretends that they have no desire is fooling themselves, actually. Because even the monastics may or may not be ready to die for nirvana. Meaning, there's no, I spit on my life, he said. I spit on my life. <laughs> he's not kidding. He doesn't care about merit, <clears throat> let alone desire. Uh, there are very few people who are at that point of development. And uh, he doesn't care about merit because he's not looking for a higher rebirth. He's not looking for sensual fulfillment or social position or some kind of confused notion of service to other, which is very easily born from the raw material. Some kind of uh, confused sense of uh, the purpose of my life is service to other in the way of what? Starting an organization? Producing more stuff? Maybe. It's helpful. Sure. Um, that's not the same as this um padana. this this padana is to completely liberate <coughs> um, that which speaks. <laughs> the one that speaks, fully liberated, um, that's the that uh, is ultimately the desire to complete existence, to end um illusion totally and to go beyond memory and identity right to go out beyond unity and there's simply very few people who want that let's just be honest about it even monks i've seen, unless the monk is basically continually in mindfulness and practice like like uh Xuan hua like master hua i mean every of those guys they all look like skeletons I mean, city of 10000 buddhas dharma realm buddhist university committed ascetics <laughs> I mean it's too much for me and some people lost their mind and other people have massive breakthrough uh, and end up coming through the fire and um, you know they're their third stage awakened or something or fi- or finished that's very rare um, so we all wish to uh, and you know for wanderers it's a whole other story we're not in a hurry If home is 5th or 6th entity, what's the hurry? Uh, There's no need for hurry. And we're okay with exploring desires and suffering. Okay, But um, whenever there's a problem, um, we really need to bring in um, this kind of an approach that uh, I haven't avoided what I should have avoided, and I haven't overcome the consequence of that non-avoidance. Meaning I should have avoid I should have I should not have decided that, that way. I made a bad decision. And now I'm dealing with harmful consequences or painful consequences. And I've let this go on for too long. And I haven't attended to I haven't overcome or abandoned, right? Dispel, destroy, causes to disappear that which is harmful that we still travel with, fellow travelers in the mind, tendencies in mind that are still harmful, um, that's a very personal matter, and that's the second aspect of a padana or effort, which is to overcome what's already arisen, or tendencies in mind or patterns and habits that are harmful. So. Gautama is not um, looking to explore uh, desire. He's not interested in anything um, in the 31 planes. Um, Meanwhile, and therefore, he um, was in a massive austerity phase. He was in the phase of doing austerity, Not, not as the end, but as a means to the end. And then Mara comes, which is again either <laughs> a 4D negative or 5D negative entity or um, aspects of his own doubt or tendencies in mind. You know, the mind contains all things, said Ra. And so what is mind? Is it my mind? Is there a solid me that owns the mind? Of course not. And so it's mind is essentially impersonal or transpersonal love wisdom are impersonal or transpersonal qualities that are functions of, of powers of mind powers of mind is what what is mind right <laughs> mind is buddha said one of the early chan masters mind is what well it's uh, the reflectivity of of light itself lights intrinsic vibratory reflectivity the reflectivity the reflective nature of vibrating light isn't that what what is that is that different than awareness isn't that the root isn't that non-dual awareness that then coalesces into the six sense fields and uh, with conceit and craving some basic sense of Id- of personal separative identity seems like that to me <laughs> so. Uh, Lin Shi talked about that uh, with some view that um, uh, unbound awareness mind uh, is Buddha, is uh, of the goal. That's a Mahayana formulation. Um, ultimately, it's inconceivable. But uh, within this apparently separative selfhood mind, um Mm, we we have all sorts of uh, attachments which come out as desires and tendencies uh and the primary effort that's being presented here is um becoming becoming the king of your mind <laughs> the king or queen becoming the the boss of your own mind in a non manipulative non controlling totally honest non no, 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 no games played, but um, like the ox herding picture, right? The ten ox herding pictures, the little boy and the big ox, uh, becoming ultimately um, one with it, or first learning, first finding it, then taming it, then training it, uh, then riding it, <laughs> then mm, uniting it and forgetting it, and. Um, uh, the sun shines freely. Uh, very much akin to this, but in a Chinese poetic form. Uh, Gautama was not interested in anything but total liberation. And uh, the negative temptation, or the tendency, of the obstructive uh, tendency personified in Mara, or Namuchi, Uh, speaks uh, the counterpoint saying, better to live better to take care of your body better to do acts of merit like service to other live the holy life and do sacrifice get merit uh, or be nice to people so people like you and you feel happy about yourself Um, Gautama says sorry, I'm not interested in all that and so this was criticized by Mahayanists as selfish, right? He's not interested in merit, but he's also not saying, I want to go out in the world and save people, serve the other. Uh, there's a real limitation to that and Ra's in sixth density and they have a bias of level of wisdom, it seems. And um, this is a different perspective where uh, complete and perfect enlightenment um, is valued more highly than deferring it to be in of um, indefinite association to others in service. And fine, there are different ways of living. Uh, Mara, or this uh, uh, deterring voice here, to d- deter him away from his single-minded goal, seeking uh, complete liberation and breakthrough, of all ignorance, uh, was basically coming in the form of your suffering, don't suffer. Um, there are easier, more comfortable ways of living. <clears throat> and for a person who's, you know, some people, I mean, I had a friend in the Zen temple, he ended up killing himself because he um, he made exertion on, in an unbalanced way. And I had another friend, and he had a temporary breakdown, psychotic breakdown, um, from various causes. But both of them were too tight. And so too tight is harmful. And too loose is as well. Um, and sometimes we, yet Gotama is as tight as can be, tight as a drum, and uh, went all the way. Uh, but there was nothing uh, self-coercive here. He was fully behind this uh, single purpose. There was a singleness of purpose that was not fake at all. (laughs) There was not a matter of wanting to want, but having achieved the level of of fully wanting one single goal only, which is complete awakening breakthrough, release freedom and anything less was simply not where he was at anymore and so um, yet one should be very careful I've seen a number of people who pushed themselves too hard and broke it happens and uh, the balance is critical and being honest that um, some people get into practice and uh, have romanticized, I did, the, uh, the attained monk, Yogi, um, and uh, forget that um, that's not really where they're at. <laughs> the conscious mind is uh, trying to overcome, as Ross said, overcoming tendencies that really uh, are better uh, worked with. If you can't see through it, you got to see it through. And seeing it through means working with um, the distortions that we're unable to just reject and uh, throw out, um, in or see as empty, or drop, uh, dispel, destroy, abandon, cause them to disappear. It's just simply, and that this is called the effort to overcome, right? And the raw material talks against overcoming. Okay, there you go. Two different approaches. And it's absolutely true that spiritual bypass can come from a misapplied uh, second form of uh, right effort to overcome uh, that unwholesome tendencies in mind that have have already arisen. Absolutely. And if we uh, try to follow the first guidance the monk neither adheres to the whole nor its parts, then what? You don't look anybody in the face. Or you don't want um, even fully taste the food because it might lead to the arising of unwholesome mental states. Okay. Um, That's a practice I can't do. And I don't think uh, many people can. And some people do it when they really... Are not ready for it and then they hurt themselves and then they can easily go left hand path actually if they 're successful uh, because um, there's much suppressive activity or aversion cultivation <laughs> sub unconsciously developing aversion or hatred um, in the effort to purify one 's mind or avoid harm or develop or avoid the development, uh, the arising of unwholesome states, Uh, one can very much get stuck in aversion, hatred, in fact, hating mind, hating hatred of mental process. I I was there for a while. Violent, violent violent-mindedness towards one's own mental arising. Very (laughs) painful state of mind. Uh, Violently rejecting mental process, one's own not talking about dealing with other people talking about internal one can really hurt oneself but you know that's good one can get out of that too so um, going on in the style look at that we're almost one hour down Um, I'll just say a little bit more about Padana Sutta and uh, next time we'll look at Mingun Sayadaw's write-up of Mara's visit to deter the Bodhisattva by feigning goodwill Some negatives feign goodwill. Ra calls it aping positivity. So there are positivity apes around in some cases. One should identify them clearly. So, um, seeing Gautama's um, greatly um, austere condition of body and the great exertion he was making... Mara is basically saying, "Why don't you take the the easy way out here? Um, it's hard to follow this path of Padana. Meanwhile, Gautama basically slams him in the reply, and that's the heart of the sutta. Kinsmen of the heedless, meaning you are the uh, clan, you're you're the the family, you're you're the brother of the fools. <laughs> uh, family, family of the fools, or. Uh, uh, Relative of the foolish, uh, whatever you're coming here for, come here for whatever purpose, <laughs> whatever the hell's in your mind, I don't know, but you're you're not on you're, you're not a, a helper. Uh, I have no interest in merit, meaning he has no interest in acquiring good karma, and um, some decent moral Buddhist people have um, uh, much seeking of merit uh, in. Thailand. um, Everybody who goes to the Buddhist temple is there because they're making merit. And that's fine, but uh, that's not what he was interested in. No more need for that. Those who have need of merit, those are the ones you're fit to address, which is true. Meaning, even mm, right morality, or Panchashila, well observed, uh, seeking merit, which will come. It happens. It's the law. It's just making use of the law. It's like investing. You invest rightly, you make money. And you generate merit rightly by dana, generosity, giving, and panchashila, or dasasila, you know, 10 and 8, and uh, Brahmavahara meditation, this and that. Good stuff will come back, yeah, it's good. And that's the slow path. Um, Gautama wasn't interested and um, still seeking higher benefit or fulfillment of desire, yes, one is, <laughs> we are then susceptible to Mara's address. And, um, yeah, that's right. So, any, any form of seeking um, uh, and, uh, I- is ultimately uh, keeping any, any form of attachment, let's just say, desire and aversion... I mean, they desire merit. We one desires merit because one has aversion to, you know, harmful circumstances or poverty or uh, lack of luxury or something. So, but in that spiritual seeking, sometimes called spiritual materialism, can be that uh, one is indeed susceptible to all sorts of destructive and harmful states of mind akin to. Uh, Mara's continued address. Katama goes on. In me are conviction, austerity, persistence, discernment, and that's that. We we all have that to some degree. Um, not to his degree, but to some degree. It's not a it's not a, a black and white matter or an on off button. Awakening is somewhat of an on off matter, but. The development of uh, wholesome mental states is progressive. And here, we all have this to some degree, and this is just an important point that um, conviction is the sense that I think I really know what I believe. (laughs) What I believe, I believe is really true. It's a kind of self, it's a kind of um, value. self-affirming valuation or self-affirming our values. Uh, We all have some conviction about the value um, of the positive path over the negative for ourselves, or the nature of path being requiring love wisdom or non-distortion as the way of healing distortion. A conviction of right and wrong, a conviction of higher and lesser, conviction of... um, I don't want to harm you or me, <laughs> and if I'm not careful, or sometimes it's possible I can harm you or me. I don't want that. I know that I have desires, but if I harm you or me, it's bad. It's it's <laughs> harm is harm, shit is shit. That's why they call it shit. It's shitty, and so um, a conviction um, is critical, and yet. It'll grow. It can grow over time, and as discernment grows, austerity is what's been rejected, and there's much that continues to be rejected along the path. It may be dysfunctional relationships. It may be habits. It may be ways of thinking or desires. It may be preferences. It may be aversions. Um, but the austerity to put put down what needs to be put down what you yourself realize you need to lay, put to rest, put down the cudgel, Gotama might say. Uh, and th- this particularly, you know, can also relate to speech, right speech, uh, putting behind us the austerity of putting down the patterns, the habit of wrong speech in the way of harsh or malicious speech. Sometimes I you know curse like you just heard. Someday I'll be I'll have no interest in that. Great. Um, I have less interest in it now than I did a few years ago. Uh, as anger aversion decreases, so shall harsh and malicious speech decrease. And that's sort of the natural renunciation, like Ross saying that uh, desires unneeded fall away in time. The, the natural austerity is the best austerity, not forced. Persistence is the uh, natural commitment to continuance in that which we know is helpful, or uh, continuance of value, the value system that we know is right and true, or even view, persistence in right view, or persistence in the desire to get rid of wrong view. Uh, persistence in self-reflection and mindfulness. When we get into the seven bojangles, Mr. Bojangles, uh, seven factors of enlightenment, we'll see the importance of mindfulness in in the in the balancing, which is really a balancing against. Um, basically, it's 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 a bipolar balancing. It's very much working off of uh, manic depressive. it's the Buddhist uh, treatment of bipolar disease knowing that bipolar tendencies, we don't have to be PD, personality disorder there's bipolar tendencies where the mind is too excited the mind is, is too heavy and dull and the seven factors of enlightenment with mindfulness in the center is the way of working through that bipolarity and that's a persistence as well when we realize we're too up, we got to come down a bit, and too down, we got to come back up again a bit. So persistence is critical. Uh, persistence to continue seven chakra transformation and discernment also <laughs> <laughs> critical. Meaning discerning what should be persisted in versus what should be dropped. Like somebody who just called me mistakenly should be dropped. Uh, we're still recording. Uh, and so Gautama uh, the, these qualities get refined uh, on and on and on over time and uh, I think I'm going to end there because the time is flying and um, we, the next section gets into um, the, um, the 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 details of, uh, I spit on my life. (laughs) Uh, I don't care what happens to this body. uh, Because he was only seeking breakthrough. And that is the summit, I'd say, of conviction, austerity, persistence, discernment. That resolution to have breakthrough or die. um, Victory or death. That's it. And that's that comes when one is um, finished, the looking backwards is finished as Ra would say very eloquently for Gautama the looking backwards had finished uh, naturally over many lifetimes and um, there was nothing but um, the final release uh, ahead, full steam ahead Um, that's it and that's um, the culmination or sublimation, the apex of padana, actually, in terms of effort and exertion, uh, through the entirety of reincarnation in the octave, actually, is to say goodbye to the octave. It's not really goodbye to the octave, it's go by to required reincarnation in the octave. So, with that <laughs> metaphysical um, gloss upon very hardcore sutta here, Uh, We'll call it a day. Next time, uh, I will uh, bring the um, richness of Mingun Sayadaw's write-up of uh, this sutta and talk about the seven factors of enlightenment as a Buddhist treatment of the bipolar mind. Actually, very interesting and very much in harmony with Ra's teaching of healing and balance itself. It's Buddhist balancing. So, with all that said, um, I hope you're well. Please take good care of yourselves. See you next time, and good night.